I bet me puking up one of the nicest people I have ever met is a loud fucking riot to you. Drop it. Duncan and both come correct. There are no voices, uh, vices, no voices. <laughs> there are no voices left in your head. They'll all abandon you, Bo. Yeah, um, yeah. Like so. every time I eat a pizza now, I'm like, there are only so many of these left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> my 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 friend. By the way, welcome to Decade of Bo. Come correct. Uh, so oh. my friend Andy recently had his 45th birthday, mm-hmm. and we were having a conversation the other day, and he was like, "Man, it didn't hit me till I I turned 45," and I started to do the math on that and be like, "Okay, well, do I think I'm going to live to be 90? Mm-hmm. Well, you know." Odds are no. And he was like, oh, shit, man. That, like, hit me at my core of, like, <laughs> oh, there are more days behind than in front. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. You know? And it's the, it's the existential moment we all wrestle with. Did, uh, did he say this to you whilst trying to stuff a full pizza in his mouth with a heroin needle stuck into his arm, <laughs> cooking around his nose by any chance? No, no. He was just signing divorce papers and... <laughs> leasing a sports car i don't know if those two had anything to do with it but <laughs> so, up at your house with your with his new lamborghini yeah um, yeah. yeah yeah as he like puts on some mirrored ray-bans he's like i don't know man it really shook me i don't think it really changed me but it really made me think i haven't talked to my kids in four or five weeks but <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to my 18-year-old wife, though. Um, right, yeah, this is my girlfriend, Cinnamon. She, <laughs> She's an exotic dancer. <laughs> so, uh, welcome, everybody, to uh, Duncan Abo Slash Fiction is uh, this season of Duncan Abo Come Correct, a continuing look. At the auteur Aaron Martin's uh, horror series, Slasher. And this is a show that begs the question, Duncan, can a television show be insulting? Oh, this one tries. Boy, (laughs) it's making a strong case. Um, We got got things in this episode in particular that left me dumbfounded, particularly the way the episode ended. And I was like... Oh my fucking god! <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, we didn't have a murder, so maybe, well, maybe Midnight uh, Express is as good. Yeah, and like someone's, someone's, uh, someone's rectal passage got murdered, boys. <laughs> there was yes, the, the, <laughs> it was plenty of stabbing, if you know what I mean. Spoilers: This ends in prison rape. So yeah. just get ready yeah. for that, everybody. Mail on mail prison rape. Yeah, so. yeah. Buckle in. Uh, morning, Robert. <laughs> yeah, good morning. <laughs> prison rape. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your coffee. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's uh, Day, everybody. <laughs> for all those fathers fresh out of the pen. Ah, uh, dear. Who were a conjugal visit away from yeah. uh, <laughs> the happiest of Father's Days. Yeah. We hope you didn't get stabbed in the plums. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh enough of that. Duncan, uh let's let's kick things off. We got things to talk about. Um mm-hmm. let's start off as we normally do with what we've been watching, good and bad. Uh and I look, I I got I got them in the chamber. You you tell me. Oh. 
Hey, you go first. Then. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what. Let me go with my bad because it's really not that bad. And it's something I wanted to talk to you about. All right, cool. Um, in the earth. No, 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 no. Well, I'll just save it. It's not, the, <laughs> it's not my bad. How could it be? Uh, movie's amazing. So um, I, I caught up finally with that remake slash reboot of Wrong Turn. Uh, All right. I, right. Okay. <laughs> yes. But, but, Duncan. I like the fact that they were trying to do something different with it. I don't think that was super successful, but I would rather that than they just remade Wrong Turn. But, like, that's, I think that's the conceit, though. The conceit is that this movie should, and I'm, I hate to be this guy, but the movie should just be called something else. It's not a, like it's not really Wrong Turn, is it? Then if you've if you've taken out the the very it'd be like making it'd be like making a nightmare in elm street movie which didn't have someone stalking you in your dreams rather someone that set up booby traps you know it's not the you know that essentially that it wasn't my big issue with it there are a few issues with the movie but the, the first thing that kind of stood out to me is when you remove the what what in essence is the kind of backwards inbred you know, Appalachian Hicks. Yeah, can- but you get a touch of that. Like, it's it's yeah. Hick adjacent. Uh, yeah, but... I mean, like, Robert the Bruce has his own little colony of, of you know, M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. Well, this is, the, like, once again, one of many things that made my eyes roll. Um, the U.S. government it's, just it's, doesn't let you do that anymore, right? That just, that compound wouldn't exist. Like This could just as easily have been a remake of The Village. Well, this is, like, but here, here is the, the crux of the, the argument, is that I know what you're saying, and I'm 100% with it. I'd much rather see someone take a stab at something... No pun intended. Uh, take a stab at something a bit more, you know, fresh and original to an extent, than just make another wrong turn movie. But then, if you're gonna do that, don't sell it as a wrong turn movie. Um, and I, I mean, that's the, the well, that is the minor nit, little nitpick. It's it's got it's, a lot of problems. Like no one's arguing that it's whole not a lot of problems. You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> it, like. Here's the thing, uh, like the last, what, five minutes of the movie, which is kind of set outside the woods and all that stuff, I was like, now this kind of has me more interested. Yeah. You know, like, and and actually the the final shot is really good. The the whole movie should have been someone has escaped from this compound and they've sent people to bring her back. Or that yes. should have been the movie. Or, that should have been the movie. Like, I'd like, like, the, like the the movie. All the stuff in the compound just doesn't make sense. And the reason it doesn't make sense is they constantly contradict absolutely everything that's at their core all the way through it. Like, oh, right, so, well, yes. we don't take life, but well, you you do. Like, well, we don't. We're we're not. I mean, people. We keep ourselves. No, you have a chamber full of eyeless, like tongueless, fucking like mutants. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, it's, it's all that shit that just makes zero fucking sense. Like, absolutely right. not a bit of sense at all. A hundred percent. Yes, you you yeah. are you are absolutely right. Um, also, if it had been if if it had been the same community and the story was oh, as 
the the local town is encroaching into the woods because of yep. time and progress mm-hmm. and that like brings you know our our hillbilly mutants at loggerheads with the outside world that's yep. kind of an interesting take on it too that i wish yeah. they'd explored some because there's a little bit of that of like they interact and sell to traders and that kind of thing and i was like uh, i kind of am more interested in those dynamics oh yeah all that stuff. St- all that stuff like all the stuff outside the village which is supposed to be the stuff that is the horror aspect is far more interesting than the stuff inside the village yes like how quick how quick the the boyfriend uh acclimates to being a like a oh. like a hunter <laughs> like in three, in three days that's like yeah. but it's like it's the level that he it's like the level that he like she has gone less than three months and when we like he's, he's speaking their tongue he's like <laughs> what the yeah. fuck is going on 100% my move Duncan I was totally on board I was like absolutely you like when he was like hey I finally found a community these people understand me yeah he's like, like I, all of a sudden I crack shot with a bow I just, like all these, I, I just like I say, it just like all that stuff is what you're supposed to be horrified by, um, and none of it was. It's like you say, all the other stuff was was far more interesting. I do like the, I do like the uselessness of the the guide though. Oh you know, yeah, like that, yeah like, I'll, I'll help you for five minutes until this movie kills me. <laughs> What was the fucking like? You spent longer telling us the story of how you have a vendetta against these people than you did going up the hill. I also <laughs> think Matthew Modine's knuckles should have gotten like fourth billing. Of <laughs> just a close up of his hand, I was like, "Is Modine a hand model? Is that are they trying to take advantage of those beautiful this, knuckles?" This is why this is why he was out of the game for so long. Was... There's, there's, there's only a window where you can have prime hand modeling income and then you go back to acting again oh here's my special zodiac watch (laughs) i I watched the director's cut of that by the way uh in preparation for a conversation we will have later but uh, we'll go on forever (laughs) oh man that movie is so good uh all right Uh, we'll do a whole show about that uh in due Mm -hmm. time uh what what bad movie did you watch or thing? <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> oh i like your enthusiasm <laughs> yeah <laughs> i will always know what you did last summer oh boy okay <laughs> go on well one i didn't know this movie existed until i bought the box set um two i've had to watch it because we're doing a franchise retrospective on it um and three dear god almighty is that a bad movie <laughs> Holy shit. So who well, replaces Jay Hugh in that? She, Cause she's gone, right? Like she wasn't yeah. coming back for the third one. She wasn't coming back. It was, it, essentially the thing, it's a whole new, it's a whole new bunch of unknowns. Like, uh, okay, there's no, enough. there's no, there's no like, there's no top tier actor, actress or anyone that has went on to do anything <laughs> since making that movie. So it, it didn't, it wasn't like a, Oh, we, we managed to get Kevin Bacon for Friday the 13th and look what he became. You know, it's nothing like that at all. It's all unknowns. We're in a completely different part of the world now. Um, well, in America. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, so it's not in America, but we're somewhere else. And um, it's a resetting of the story completely. So they pull, uh, it's all set in this small town, 4th of July, obviously. Um, and we're one year earlier 
and the still a fisherman though uh, well we're gonna get into this okay i'm sorry we we jump the we we do exactly weird thing about it is i've just finished urban legends uh and urban legends is a movie that in the third one gives you supernatural entity as opposed to someone dressed up in a costume and i will always know what you did last summer that's exactly the same really yeah so it's like the pull up prank um, where one of them dresses up like the titular fisherman um, and scares a lot of like kids at a fairground and one of them doesn't understand it's a prank and ultimately dies and it's his body that comes back as like a zombie fisherman oh I Duncan I'm into this no it's the, the problem about the movie is the movie is... It's mid is mid two thousands, so it's it it looks super cheap. Okay, it has this constant. I'm trying to think what the other movie. All the movies in the mid two thousands did this, where they do the kind of the editing's like it's like flash editing. Oh, okay, flash, like zoomy editing, jumpy yeah. stuff, and it is riddled with that. None of the kills are even remotely interesting. The the they are quite bloody though, but it's just really. Like, and the, the the kind of conclusion of it doesn't make any fucking sense. And then it goes at the end to try and have another one, which never happened. Um, it's, it's badly acted, it's badly scripted, it's trying to be edgy and it isn't. And it, like I say, it totally jumps the shark by giving you, like, I'm trying to think what it looks like as well. It kind of looks like it's one of the later Friday the 13th where Jason's mask comes up. Is it? Is it Jason Takes Manhattan, I think, maybe? Where his mask comes off and he is just basically a decayed like oh, zombie, yeah, but it yeah. looks really rubbery. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Face. That's, what the, that's what the fisherman looks like when you eventually get the reveal. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's not as it's, it's fucking awful. Uh, it's, it's the best way I can des- describe it. And it's maybe why I'd never heard of it before. Um, oh. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not good. Okay, so... Rather than linger on something that's just disappointing on every level, <laughs> yeah. let's quickly pivot to my good, because mm. uh, I want to give an honorable mention, because uh, I just saw it yesterday, but I caught up with that Edgar Wright Sparks Brothers documentary. Oh, wow. It's on my watch list. It's, uh, and, and it's terrific. It's a great, mm. it, like, it's a fairly by the numbers, you know, music documentary of like, here's here's the band here are the two brothers here's their early life here's when the mm-hmm. band formed and here's how it evolved and here's how where they are now uh so it's it's pretty standard in terms of its construction but i it was like i was the perfect audience for it because i didn't know that much about sparks as a band mm-hmm. and uh, so watching a lot of this stuff and hearing like the tailors from Duran Duran and people from Erasure and New Order and that kind of thing yeah, yeah. talk about the influence that Sparks had on them. And then you listen to the Sparks music and you're like, holy shit, that sounds like Erasure. <laughs> like mm-hmm. They were doing this a decade before. And, and and like there's some clever songwriting and stuff. So again, I was the perfect audience because uh, not only did I not know much about Sparks, and they're incredibly interesting characters uh, within the mm-hmm. film, and they seem really interesting as people, and that comes across. And it's really fun and lively because it's Edgar Wright directing it, and there's a mix of animation and claymation and all kinds of shit to kind of capture 
all of this stuff. Uh, and I liked a lot of the music too that I'd never either never heard before. It never registered what it was. And mm-hmm. so it was like, Oh, okay. Well now, you know, I'm listening to sparks on Spotify on the way home. And, um, yeah, so it was great absolutely everybody. If you're, if you like a good music documentary, uh, the sparks brothers is great. Uh, so that's my honorable mention, Duncan, let's fucking talk about in the earth. <laughs> I, I, oh, this, like, just this little Ben Wheatley movie that he he just tossed it off. Just pretty much. If you if you've listened some, I listened to an interview with him talking about it, and basically what he said was like second week of lockdown. So what March March beginning of April last year, um, he decided to write a. A script for a movie that he could shoot really quickly because he'd found he got access to the production notes for Halloween and he basically seen that John Carpenter had been given what less than 28 days and a tiny budget to make that movie and he said well if John Carpenter can make one of the you know the greatest horror movies ever made with very little money um, and very little time to do it I should be able to film a horror movie, and that that was his that was his his kind of ethos going in to making the project. Um, which I mean, God bless him. I think he was one of the first people in the UK out with the the folk that did that. What was it? Host the host. Oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. The film footage thing. He was one of the first filmmakers to go out in the UK anyway to actively make a movie. Um, like during like the height of the lockdown, you know, to get permissions and whatnot to go and do it. So, and, um, and, and cleverly so like you, you only have a handful of actors, so mm-hmm. you're keeping everything real small and intimate Yeah, in terms of the production, right? Like you're keeping yep. the shoot very small so that you reduce the risk and all that. All shot outside. So yes. you've got your social distance and then all the rest in place, like shoestring budget, tiny crew, like he like nailed down exactly what was required to make his movie like well in advance and um yeah uh, went out and did it and um it's fucking awesome <laughs> dude i i and i i messaged you after i saw it and i was like this may be my favorite ben wheatley movie and it's definitely one of the more wheatley-esque movies for a while well it okay so here's what i love about it. and and i i said this somewhere else too it gave me a uh, real phase four vibes if you mm-hmm. if you've ever seen that like intelligent ant movie yeah uh it, it's got that kind of weird sci-fi element to it but it it has the additional layer of hey there's this sort of godlike energy in the woods mm-hmm. that we're trying to make contact with and you know, slight spoilers. And there's a bit of like uh, uh, a rival in that as well, which I really yep. like. Just mm-hmm. all, it, it hits a lot of things that tickle my brain, right? As far as like this cosmic energy that you're trying to somehow communicate with, mm-hmm. and you have these differing ideas. And one of the things I love, this slight spoilers for the movie, is after they escape from uh, Reese Shearsmith. Yeah. Uh, who Who is like, I'm trying to communicate with this thing and I've got these rituals and all I got to do is like dress you up and bleed you and shit like that. And they're mm-hmm. like, you're fucking crazy. And so they they get away to science, 
where she's like, yeah. yeah, that dude is crazy, right? So I'm trying to talk to this cosmic thing in the woods, but yeah. not that crazy way that he's doing it. I'm using science. And you're like, oh, you're both fucking crazy. Okay, yeah, well, the, 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 the beauty of it is both interactions with both people result within the first five minutes with our main guy being held down and trauma done to his foot. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's both done exactly the same way where the other one's told, hold him down. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm just going to do this to you now. And, um, you know, like, so it's, it's basically, it mirrors it. It's such a clever movie. It, yeah. I mean, it is, it is so clever. Like, Wheatley himself said that he wanted it to be, like, almost like a, an indoctrination back to seeing movies on the big screen. Because um, this was going to be one of the first movies people were, were going to see when they came back to the the cinema, and as a result, it had to be. It's why it kind of justifies, although I don't think he needs to justify the the color show and sound. Oh my at god! The end. That two thousand one esque, like, oh, le- let me come into contact with the divine or whatever. Yeah. Oh, oh my god! It's so mind blowingly good. Yeah. Holy shit! I love it's- it. I mean, the movie, like, the movie is, is, the reason I say it's kind of classic, like, Wheatley is because all its influences are there, and it's all shit from the 70s. You know yeah, what I mean? It's this incredibly, is, like, Kubrickian. Like I said, oh, that yeah. Saul Bass movie, I don't think that's accidental. Uh, it can't it, be. It can't it, be. There's it's that full core element well, to it as well. Case it, there's, um, there's stuff like Quatermass in there for yeah. sure, oh, but yeah, like yeah, specifically, yeah. I don't know if you ever saw the Stone Tapes. Um, no, no, I did not see the Stone Tapes. You need to watch the Stone I will, Tapes. I'll watch the Stone Tapes today <laughs> if I can. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, the Stone Tapes were uh, uh, bizarre. Like I can't even begin to stress how weird it is. It came out after Quatermass, but it was like a it's like a TV show in the UK. Was it a TV show or a movie? I want to say it was a TV show. Um, but it, it's like just this strange thing where they, you know, they come across this thing called the Stone Tapes and uh, it's buried under the earth. And I it just, it, I mean, it's, it's, in, it's incredible. It's weird. It's trippy and weird as fuck. And that's essentially, that's what he was going for. And it's all in there. I mean, it's all in there. And it, of course, because it's all set out in nature, which, I mean, I would argue some of the best stuff Wheatley does is that way leaning anyway, whether it's something like Kill List or Sightseers or a field in England. Um, and yeah, and great casting, great choice. Like, Shearsmith is fucking amazing in it. Oh, he's so like, fun. He is, like, he, he said um, he, he was being interviewed by Mick Garris, so he's just done, uh, an, like, an episode of Mick Garris's podcast, Postmortem, uh, where they were talking about Inside Number Nine, which one day me and Bo will just blitz all yeah. of Inside Number Nine because I, I, I've, I've been talking about it for years and years and I fucking adore it. Um, but they were talking about the movie, the, the Wheatley movie, uh, and the Earth. And he's going, yeah, well, this is the third time I've worked with Wheatley. And I'm like, fuck, so it is, because he's in a field in England. He's in uh, High Rise. He's the weird kind of twitchy neighbour in High Rise. And this is his third one in here. And he was like, uh, yeah, I got to I got to do my inner Jack Torrance. And I was like, of course, that's what it is. Like when he's like, when he's at Martin, yeah, like he's out in the okay. woods swinging the axe. Yeah. And it's, but it's like, there's a scene and I, I fucking love it. Like absolutely love it where he's, he's trying to hunt him down in the woods. And um, like the strobe lighting starts coming on. 
and then Wheatley introduces a bit of colour in the background. It's this, like, this red hue in the background. And it's these shots of his, like, essentially his profile, and then you're getting his, you know, you're getting the silhouette and then his body. But then he superimposes, like, a red image in the foreground of it. So it looks like he's moving forward, but he hasn't moved. Yeah. It's... And I was just like, this is just, this is just everything that I want in life. Yeah. It's in the earth is like an honest to goodness masterpiece of a movie. Mm. I'm totally convinced of that. Like, I think Ben Wheatley is a director that sometimes I, I'm not quite in sync with his vision, you know? Yeah. Um, but when I am, it is incredibly satisfying. Like he's just, he's a provocative director and you're not always going to respond to that entirely, uh, positively, yeah. but it, with in the earth, I was like from start to finish, I was just blown away by it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, Which once again, like has me, has my brain pickled to think that his next movie is the Meg too. You, you know, know what I mean? It's just that kind of... Make your big nut. That's what I say. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with it, but I just... I, I, I want to be a fly in the wall in the room where, <laughs> you know, the studio execs are bouncing names around for the Meg 2 and Wheatley's name comes up in the conversation. I just don't know how that happens. Oh, we should get yeah. that. We should get that Wheatley guy. I mean, I, I don't... like I, Unless there's something in there... That specifically, yeah, you know I mean, because that movie's going to be that. I don't know how much creative control you have in a movie like that. I, you know, I think it's like when Marvel directors talk about like you're going into a situation where you're playing with someone else's toys, and there yeah. are rules that you have to follow. But within those rules, you can play. And and maybe that's the approach that Wheatley's taken to it. Or he's just like, you know what? I'm going to be real feet up on this one because I don't have to pay that much attention. Well, he said um, in the interview that I saw with him, uh, they were were asking, uh, it was Mark Kermode, a great kind of British journalist uh, and horror fan, was was basically saying um, at the very end, because he's apparently six months into uh, pre-production on the Meg and it shoots... January next year, I believe. Um, and basically what he said was, can you make me a promise? And that promise is that we get blood in the Meg because that was the one thing that, you know, frustrated me about the the Meg when I saw it was d- just no blood. One might even and, uh, call it toothless, Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, what Wheatley said is that he is fully aware of what the BBFC and the MPAA in America's regulations are um, as pertains to like how far things can be pushed within their age restriction limit. And he's like, that I can assure you of one thing, I will take it right to that limit. <laughs> I was like, yes. All right. Um, uh, yeah, fine. He's Make like, everybody's push blood it. green, whatever you yeah, he's like, I will. I will push it right to the okay. uh, right to the edge, is what he said. So, I, I mean, I'm interested in it. But yeah, like, In the Earth, to me, is a, a serious contender. Like, serious, serious contender for, yeah. as we stand just now, for, for top of the year for me already. Uh, I know we're getting, there's so much that we will be watching before the end of the year just because everything's now getting released this year. But it's one of those ones where it, it was never on the, this is this is a happy accident. Had 
had lockdown not happened, we would never have had this movie. Yeah, it was all worth it. All the yeah, I mean, millions of lives. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> as long as we we. Got That's not what I said. That's not what I said, but it's what I meant. Um, so. <laughs> You're a genocidal maniac. Um, <laughs> so what was, I mean, we all agree the earth is fucking amazing. Uh, Derek uh, in the chat saying in the earth for life. I mean, yeah. it's right up there with ghost dog. As far as like, this is one of those litmus tests for me. If like you can enjoy ghost dog and in the earth with equal enthusiasm, mm. then you're just my, you are my comrade for life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, what what was the good movie that you watched? I'm I'm excited. And in terms of what else, I bought. To be honest, Bo, I am I am so deep into uh, summer series stuff. It's yeah. it's kind of unbelievable. I will mention this movie, and it is absolutely in no way, shape, or form an indication of anything other than it had been years since I saw this movie. I came back and watched this movie, and I I love it even more than I did first time around. Um, but Ricky Bates Jr.'s debut, Excision, uh, which oh, came out in sure. 2012, um, now, as I was like, I recorded our 2012 episode yesterday, and what I was saying during that recording, because our, our mutual friend Jamie J. Sammons was on that one, uh, formerly Jamie J. Jenkins, which is how I knew her when I heard of this movie, because this was a I had not long been listening to Devour the podcast. This had been covered on Devour the podcast. And I, off the back of that, the glowing reviews had to track this movie down to check it out. And um, so, like, that's like, that is weird that that like having her on the show when it was ostensibly herself that was the one that had originally informed me before I even like was speaking on speaking terms with her. I had taken that review as as like an interesting point to to go and check out. That movie is so incredibly good. It's. I mean, it's. It's almost to the point where, like, everything about it just works perfectly. Um, it's. It's got that dark sense of humor. It's uncomfortable. It's full of awkwardness. Great performance uh, by Annalyn McCord. Uh, yeah, in that and Tracy lead. Lords. Yeah, she's quite good in it. Yeah. Yeah, and like I like I said at the like I said at the time in a world where Tracy Lords hadn't passed away, like she could like the roles that you're now seeing Barbara Crampton take, which are like the the kind of dysfunctional mother figures in a lot of movie. You could insert Tracy Lords into a lot of those roles, and I think she'd be like perfectly cast. She's so good in that movie. Like the end of that movie is heartbreaking, disturbing, soul destroying, and um, it's it's pitched just perfect. But also the cast, like you have cameos from Ray Wise, John Waters, you know, like it's just fucking nuts. Uh, it just uh, just an incredible movie that I hadn't seen in what well, almost a decade. And um, you heard it here first, everybody. It made it through. Yeah, well, I didn't say that. <laughs> but then you said, yeah, so I got gotcha. you. Yeah. 
That's gotcha yeah, journalism, or, Duncan. Or, or did or did I? Hmm. Mm, didn't uh, uh, mm. let me. All right, a couple of other things from chat. By the way, if you uh, we don't have any questions this week, so if you have a question for us, throw one in a chat right now. Oh, uh, we will answer it live. We'll do it live. Goddamn it! <laughs> so he says, uh, Derek does. Um, they need to make an in the earth sequel with Forrest Whitaker oh. to bring all that full circle. And yes, absolutely, they do. See if he is the voice in the stone. That would make my asshole wet. <laughs> oh my god! Power inequality. Reese Shearsmith. <laughs> Always see everything. Voice in the stone. Yep. Ah <laughs> oh dear, just Reza standing talking mm-hmm. to a stone. I would love that. Oh my god! What that honestly. Uh, could in the earth have been improved if Riza did the soundtrack? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, the, the thing, I would like the thing to hear of, it. The thing about that, so this is like the I think this is the fifth movie now that Clint Mansell has done the the score for Wheatley. And what is so interesting about it is all the scores to all those movies seem completely different, but they always sound like they were always they were always meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? The no, score, the score to, and what he, what he was saying in his interview, once again, because I heard him being interviewed, was like those um, monitors that you see attached to the trees were live, like on set. And uh, Wheatley got the score before the film shot. So he was like blasting, like proper old school, like kind of 70s filmmaking, was blasting the score throughout the day, in the woods, in the middle of fucking nowhere, um, at the cast to get them in the mood. Ah, just amazing. Uh, uh, That's filmmaking, Duncan. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, just a quick update here. Yes. The Stone Tape is available here in the States uh, for two bucks on Amazon Prime. Oh, dude, that's the... uh, You're going to love it. Yeah. The best... It's weird. Like, be, be prepared to sit there and think to yourself, what the fuck was in the water in the 70s in the UK? Um, the answer was probably lead, a lot of lead. Um, <laughs> it's just bizarre. It's a really, really, really bizarre um, watch. But, like, a great one. It's, it's like, hugely influential as well. I, um, yeah, Like, a lot of those things were. That is exciting, Duncan, because I've got a couple of movies lined up to watch today. Mm-hmm. And that will fit nicely in between a couple as I work my way up through the years. Uh, I got my Blu-ray of them in, so um, I'm going to start with some giant ants after we mm-hmm. finish recording today. Very nice, I, man. I love that movie, Duncan. I love. I've not seen it in years, but I, I have a fond fond spot in my heart for it. So. It's I it, I think it is best of type in terms of those like fifties giant bug movies you know mm-hmm. like it actually has a really interesting movement and it has flamethrowers and that's really all i need you you set a giant <laughs> ant puppet on fire with an honest to goodness flamethrower and i'm mm-hmm. like man you got you got my heart for life <laughs> that's good stuff um anyway let's move on to our dark business duncan uh, yes so so much to talk about in this episode actually uh, well yes yes 
Uh, I do feel that the, the, they have cheated us with no death in them. Well, no, we do get a death, but... Oh, yeah, we do, but it's... But it's not of a character, like, really, that is of any merit. <laughs> it's somebody who shows up to die in the episode. Uh, and it's not as if we've got a shortage of characters that we could kill off, so... Well, <laughs> you know, it's not like Ren's gonna be eating the stew. <laughs> uh, I do, I do love... I'd, like, I'll be honest with you, like, my favourite thing that has happened in the last couple of weeks is the show art that you've been posting with Ren <laughs> and the still saying like he is real or a real, real boy, boy. Yeah. yeah which I do think is the greatest thing ever um <laughs> <laughs> man here's here's what I hate and love about this mm-hmm is at first I was like okay they're gonna tease this and then they're gonna give it maybe an episode and yeah. then they'll do the reveal because this is so obvious yeah and i just don't think that's the case duncan i think we're looking at oh no this this episode this episode has doubled down yeah on the amount of dialogue that ren is having with other people that (laughs) has an awkward silence and then a response generically to no one with no eye contact that the audience is supposed to be tricked into thinking is back at ren yeah that's why i say this this episode in particular just feels insulting because oh god! I'm yeah. Like, okay, come on, slasher. What do you think you're getting away with? I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is going to be uh, like a reveal that they did with what was Killer's name in the previous? Oh, like Cam. A, yeah, this is going to be like a Cam reveal yeah, at the episode end of episode seven. seven. Is, yeah, yeah. Episode seven is where we get this reveal, which means Duncan, we have three episodes to go. <laughs> Um, three glorious episodes of i'm a real boy yeah i can't i can't i can't wait like like, what i want the show to do like what i want the show to do so bad is then revisit all those scenes with ren in a montage where he's not there and it's just you talking to herself yeah i mean that's what i want and if the show doesn't give me that then aaron martin you are a you're a cop out (laughs) weakling okay okay so let's get into this thing (laughs) It's called Night of Night of the Hunters. How dare they even invoke the name of one of the best movies ever made for the right. shitty show? Uh, <laughs> Kira ends up at the bottom of a lake, sunlight streaming <laughs> down on her through the water. Um, <laughs> in her her fancy car. Anyway, so we open on Glenn. AKA oh, our sorry, Will, we open yeah. Our Will Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Glenn, aka Bernie Ironside. <laughs> right. Uh be, like this is the follow-up to the last episode where he was eating uh <laughs> gay human Batman. Flesh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, human gay Batman. <laughs> and he's like, you know, blah, blah, goddammit. And then, <laughs> and then we flash back to a year ago. Where he's he's looking in the mirror again. They kind of you know transpose the images, uh, Duncan. But yeah, now they've also a- darkened his hair just a little bit, so you know he's younger. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's in a weight room in prison. Yeah, and then there's a guy who's new to the the prison. Also looks like he's a male model. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. A, a male model that somebody gave the Simpson snake tattoo to. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Right. The long losers. Oh. I'm going on a crime wave. <laughs> um, yeah, that guy, except very pretty. 
and he's it's like yeah too too handsome for this show yeah he's too sexy for slasher <laughs> he's, he's sean michaels and he's like i think i'm cute i know i'm sexy this is he's strutting to the weight room I'm just a sexy boy, sexy boy. I have no like, goes idea to what you're talking about. Fireworks go in the background and everything. This is uh, all nonsense to me, Duncan. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. You know who Shawn Michaels is. I, who is Shawn Michaels? The heartbreak kid. The wrestler. I, okay. He's, yeah. Don't okay Shawn Michaels. I don't know He's who he is. He's just a sexy boy. So that was his, he, he, like his, his theme music. I mean, he you wasn't can keep saying this all day long. I, I'm not trying to stop that. The thing is, he was not an attractive man, right? Uh, but his music... <laughs> it's like, I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I got the looks that drive the women wild. And the chorus is, I'm just a sexy boy. Sexy boy. I'm not your boy, Todd. Boy, Todd. Like that literally is, and he would, he would strut down to the ring. And this is in the 90s. And I think up until recently, where he's now, he now looks like um, Henry Lee Lucas. He's bald and his <laughs> eyes fucking squint because he got kicked in the head and his <laughs> eye went in. Does he also keep what? What do they call those young boys that they used to ride the rails with? Whatever those were called, <laughs> oh, what? little squirt uh, or whatever. Oh, I can't remember what they're called. You now. know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, it's a horrible word as well. It's like a horrible word. Yeah, it's not like a. It's like a flag or something. Like that. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's not flattering. Yeah, but, then uh, but again, yeah, the job wasn't easy was not easy like it was not easy but yeah so basically this guy comes strutting in um all all pretty and handsome and uh what we had noted though me and you in a previous episode is glenn did a bit of peeping through the keyhole while noah was undressing yeah and we were like we joked because we're immature right <laughs> we were like that is he masturbating while watching another my undress we were like no that's silly what show would do that yeah, I mean it's the Psycho remake and slasher. I mean, what show would would, would introduce a character's homosexual tendencies in such a crass and British way? And then we're like, not this show. Uh, it turns out this show, this mm-hmm. show doubles down on it pretty fast because, like you say, this guy comes in and instantly Glenn is doing a bit of the sorry Bernie, mm-hmm. <laughs> his fucking name is. Um, Starts harassing them. Like, straight away, what are you in for? How, lo- how many days do you have left? You know, you need friends in here. And then, I mean, to, to, to add to things, this guy doesn't want friends. So, <laughs> that scene's so fucking stupid. Yeah. He's like, um, well, how about I just lean on your barbell, goddammit? Like, with one hand, yeah. pushes down on this barbell in front of a guard. There's a guard in the background. In that. That's street justice, Duncan. <laughs> street justice. But she's down on her, like, you're going to need a friend and all the rest. And then this guy, like, caves straight away. Like, when 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 spoken to by fake Glenn, um, like, <laughs> straight away breaks. You can see the, in his eyes, he breaks off. Like, all that hard bravado is gone. Um, and what we get is this, like, this building, like, Glenn or Bernie or fucking whatever he's tits. Wilford Brimley, his whole thing is that he needs to build a castle. 
castle of bodies, essentially. Asseti's dominance, be the alpha, essentially. Um, right. And he does this by fucking guys in prison. So, which is, I, I mean, it's never, it's never shown, um, but it's definitely harsher than the word implied. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, he's very, like you said, he's the alpha. And yeah. uh, so... Um, when when this guy, you know the the real Glenn, one presumes, yeah, Glenn, yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> asks asks him what's in it, you know, for Bernie, and he's like a bigger fucking army, of course, goddamn it, I want to have yeah. a bunch of soldiers because I like uniforms. Not, I'm paraphrasing, and so we we leave that flashback to, to catch up with Renee and Mark Stroganoff. Who uh, have found? <laughs> it's a fucking great scene. Like Rennie's aged like literally a hundred years. Like she's got yeah. the blackest rings under her eyes you've ever fucking seen. Right? She is not doing well. Yeah, she looks no, like she... <laughs> she could be going through the trash with these raccoon eyes. <laughs> Ste- stealing your your fruit and melon and chewing on it in the most adorable way, but you don't want to get too close, Duncan. Babies, Bo. Babies yeah. is why you don't want to get close. All, also, raccoon bites. Have you seen those little needly teeth? Uh, yeah. Not kill. Cool. Not kill. Cool. But yeah, they walk into the the last the last stand of a uh, gay Batman, and um, there's that. What I love about this is the killer has taken the time to dismember the body, chop mm-hmm. it all up, and put it in a chest, but couldn't be bothered moving the murder weapon, which is still just lying on the ground. Also, you would imagine all that dismembering and shit, the place would be super bloody, but there's only a tiny little bl- uh, pool of blood on the ground from where Robin died. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're, they're in the there. The rest of it she... was scooped up, apparently? <laughs> Maybe, because this... Like, I'm... <laughs> Like the body has a lot of blood in it, yeah. but it doesn't have an it doesn't have enough blood to make body parts float in a chest. <laughs> to suspend itself in its yeah. own juices. I'm also fairly sure a head doesn't float. I'm fairly sure it's six. Duncan, let's be real. When was the last time you tried to float a head? Uh, a while. A while. Right. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. No, this is nonsense, but it's also when Slasher, it's at its best, when yeah. it's just like, eh, gory, right? Yeah, well, yeah, because she walks in, she sees all the stuff, and then she sees the chest, which at one point held our, our Romulan spy, Talbinder's um, <laughs> corpse, yeah. minus the hand, which Robin couldn't be bothered to put back in there, and he's stuffed behind a barbecue. Um, I think they're using it to make wishes now. <laughs> They wish on Talvinder's mummified hand, like, boy, I wish this Rin storyline would wrap up quicker. Ah, yeah. You only have two fingers left now, bro. Right. Um, so. The two fingers of Talvinder. Now there's a Star Trek episode. <laughs> That's that right there. That right there. I choose your own adventure novel from the 80s. Oh. One of the two. I would oh, do that. Also, a weird sexual position in Uruguay. <laughs> but yeah, you've got to like 
it's recommended that you've been with your partner for minimum of five years before yes. you even attempt the two fingers of Telvender. Yeah, tell you right now, I'll, I'll go one of one or two ways: either marriage or divorce. Um, like, like, or if you're married, you're either going to be renewing vows or it's the end of it. Yeah, it's the end of it. Um, Also, ruptures the space-time continuum. Uh, So just watch what you're doing. You're you're going to get a separate timeline. That's going to be a problem. But, you know, it feels amazing. It's a given. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, like <laughs> she opens the chest after being told not to uh, by <laughs> Stroganoff, who looks hungry in this scene. Uh, looks really fucking hungry. Um, he's looking at that that bucket of blood and he's thinking to himself, blood sausage. Mm. It's, nice oh my God, it's so stupid, Duncan. Like It's this, ridiculous. This it's, abs- sh- it's, one, it's one of the most ridiculous things the show has done this season and it's done a lot of shit yeah but this just like stew of robin is really funny anyway so she turns the head over like she pushes the head over and at this point like rennie's already fragile mind snaps completely and from this point onward she's a danger to everyone near her she's now lesbian batman she's where she's she's like i swear i'm gonna find who did this to him I swear to me. <laughs> swear to me. Swear to me, you'll tell me. You'll help me find who did this Mark Stroganoff. And, also, and, I need but, more flexible armor. But I'm also like, why is this scene needed? You know what I mean? We know he's dead. Like, she doesn't need to see the body to know he's dead. But then it got me thinking, Bo. Right? Uh-huh. This got me thinking. Like he's he was killed because he uh, killed because someone. he saw Judith no, he talking to Ren. No, I think it's like he. I think the show has killed him because he killed someone. Oh, okay. So that right, in the justice this, of the show, that that that's why he's dying. In I the think, moral philosophy of the show. Yeah, but I'm also now starting to think, and I might be well well off base here, but I'm now starting to think. Maybe these teenagers being here is just a coincidence. Really? You went really, you went like super quiet as if I, to no, say, I'm, I'm trying to, that I, is literally the worst thing that's ever been. Like, I'm never I, thinking. The thing that didn't sit well with me was, right. Then, what, then why move around Talvinder's body? Why, why fuck around with that? We're still thinking it's Talvinder's body. I don't know if it actually is. Oh, what if it, what if it's Owen? maybe oh, i hadn't even thought of that hadn't even thought of that but maybe it is i like like the thing that there's a couple of things that don't sit well with me one talvinder's face was smashed in and that's at, at the time i said the skull didn't look like it'd been smashed in but the second thing is we're now getting the backstory of these people at the camp right and the We've been introduced to Robin's character who murdered someone just before he went there. And we're going to find out about Glenn in this episode, who I'm going to assume is going to be the next person out the show, right? And we now know his background. So at the moment, like at the moment, the the, the ones on the other side. Right, but then why kill, uh, who was it, Lydia in the first episode, whatever her, her, her name that's was? That's the only thing that, the, that's it, like then, Ali, wasn't it? Ali, but the one after her didn't, she wasn't, 
She said it herself. She, she may have set up the scenario, but she didn't physically lay a finger on Talvinder, whereas right. the first girl definitely did. She's the one that smashed her in the face. But I don't know. I'd like to me. I'm now thinking, what happens if Ren is just? What happens if Judas just crazy? <laughs> oh Dude, I, look, you are giving this show way too much credit. I maybe I, but that's my problem. Is I keep thinking there must be a logical reason for for certain things in here. I don't understand why you would have a camp. Right, I understand the team's coming back and the team's dying, but now what I don't understand is why Aaron Martin and his infinite wisdom with his team of writers um, are now making everyone at the camp a murderer as well. Well, I I don't like, know. We haven't, but we I haven't don't got, think we, uh, we don't have Mark Stroganov's backstory yet and he's got bullet holes in him. Yeah, that's true. He probably right, robbed so the bank. I'm, I'm, got, I'm telling you right now, he will have killed someone, right? Uh, I don't think Venny's killed anyone, right? And I imagine I'm still I'm doubling down with you on I think uh, Kira's going to end up being the final girl here. Like, yeah, that that's yeah. I feel like that's my. It's her and Picard are going to be the last two characters in this show. Yes. I get the feeling. Um, or the last maybe two Mark Stroganoff. Like Mark Stroganoff's going to get him at least close to victory yeah. if he does not survive. Yeah, but like everyone, everyone else is a killer. Like I don't understand why the show needs to have a group of teenagers that were involved in a murder coming back to like a, a like a fucking summer camp, which is now in winter, and it's populated by nothing but fucking scumbags, yeah. like who have well, all murdered people. Like I don't, I like I understand people like who have done bad things or bad life choices, but thus far. The two characters that we've had backstory for that are in this commune are murderers. <laughs> yeah, I, I because I think that this show is kind of lazily written is the real <laughs> answer. Maybe, but it just seems... I, I hope just... I'm wrong, Duncan, but if we're pushing Ren this hard... Well, yeah, like, but at the moment, I st- it's just our guess that Ren is Owen. Ren could be something else yeah i i I, there's a a possibility that ren is like judith's husband that is no longer with him that died maybe maybe well i I haven't changed my theory i think you're right i think you're 100 percent right i think like judith is the killer and ren is the voice in her head yes but i'm just trying to now work out why she's killing off the unless ren is owen if that proves to not be right then I, Why so, is she killing off the kids? Right. Like <laughs> normally we say predictions till the end, but here's here's what I think the big reveal is going to be. Go for it, is that Judith had this incredibly inappropriate relationship with her son Owen Ooh. that has become Ren in her mind and mm-hmm. is this somewhat creepily romantic younger guy in her life, mm-hmm. and that. But yes, it's a real Jason Voorhees you know killer mommy kind of stuff and and so she is getting revenge on the teenagers and anyone who is like hey did that crazy lady talk to that you know was she talking to the cupboards a minute ago (laughs) then she's you know ren is like kill her you have to kill her yeah Uh, so that's what i think is happening maybe maybe i don't know because that's the stupidest thing it could be yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would hold, I would hold water on a base level. That's why thinking had to die. But then I don't know why the show is then showing us how bad a person he was in the past. Right. That's the that's the other thing is I 
is there some sort of moral justification for this? And maybe yeah. you're right. Maybe Judith somehow knows all of this, but I don't know, man. I just think that's 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 pretty smart. And yeah, and that's never where slasher. That's not. No, slasher's it's not Arn, That's not Arn, uh, Arn Martin's um, modus operandi. That's right. Uh, that's yeah, right. It's, it's not how it ain't how he rolls, Bo. Uh, so sorry, that was a, that was a, a detraction. But yeah, Renny's a broken character at this yeah. point. And so, all right. Um, so we get some credits after she's like, "I'll get to the bottom of this." Uh, and <laughs> Judith is putting her to bed, and there's a great moment that reminded me a lot of Airplane, mm-hmm. where <laughs> Renee is like, "You know, maybe I'm just dreaming. I just want to wake up," and. And Judith gives her like two or three quick smacks. She's like, smack, smack, smack. Yeah. And she's like, you can't do that. You can't be crazy. Only one of us can be crazy around here. <laughs> Isn't that right, Ren? That's right, Mom. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Shut up. You want to end up like gay, gay Batman? Uh, and also, I think it's a great training method. Not to really slap somebody to the point of hurting them. It's just a real attention getter. Enough, enough to, to heighten the senses. Yeah, just to keep the focus where it belongs on mm-hmm. me. <laughs> and <laughs> but Judith is like, look, I know, I know, we're not supposed to have this, but I am just up to my armpits with sleeping pills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here, why don't you pop a couple of these, which Renee does, and so she goes down for a little bit, and uh, we get uh, a, a couple of seconds with Dawn being alone, looking real upset, but then. Mark Stroganoff comes in and right, right. And is like, uh, Hey, I'm real sorry about what happened to gay Batman says, uh, Dawn. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, we found, uh, this gun near the body. And then he gives it back to her. And he, he says like, I know you brought this up here for protection. So, you know, protect yourself. And she's like, Oh God, thanks. You're, you're so nice. Which, I mean, it's all weird. Well, but I think it goes a long way to, to like, putting to bed the idea that I think he's the killer. I think I think he's yeah. the good guy of this. Yeah, know, but right? also, kind of, from my perspective, it makes, like, as far as Stroganoff's concerned, she isn't the killer. Right. Yes, also true that he has kind of ruled her out as a suspect. Because they, well, the thing is, because the the show then tries to destroy that later on. <laughs> yeah, in a very uh, well. All right, we'll, well get to a, this, a but, clumsy fucking way. But yeah, yeah. It's, um, right. You can't believe it even for a second. No, especially yeah. knowing what we know, you know. Yes. But anyway, so we we uh, have kind of a group meeting where Kira is real pissed about not being told that they were going to dope up Renee because she's mm-hmm. like, what if, what if we have to run? What if somebody yeah. shows up in here with a, a hatchet and we all got to take off? Like we got to carry her now. Great questions. Yeah. I'm like Kira. And so it's Noah and Peter, uh, and her kind of in the living room having this chat. And then Glenn rolls in <laughs> and he's just like, well, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to leave anybody behind who can't keep up. God damn it. Yeah. Save numero uno. Yeah. And, and then, well, Noah kind of chuckles to himself, and then Glenn and he masterstroke of manipulation. I mean, this is like, like, like top tier manipulation. Basically, says, 
do you find that funny? Do you find it funny that I consumed the kindest man that I've ever known? Is that something that you laugh at? Is that something that you find funny? Is it Noah? Like, where were you when Robin died? And Noah's like, what do you mean? Well, <laughs> so Noah tries to grow a pair here. Well, Noah plays his card too early. Yes, yeah, he and does. he's. Like, and, yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. Noah is a fucking idiot because, yeah. like, had I been discovered or rumbled by someone for having a, like, a ten of pills in my drawer, which had someone else's name on it, and then that person left the room, those pills would not be in that drawer anymore. That's or like, just take the label or whatever. But yeah, but, yeah, but the. The hundred percent, those pills would not be in that drawer. You know what I mean? They would, they, they would be gone. Like you wouldn't right. even be able to have that because you're the only one that has ever seen them, and you're the only one that like knows about them. Um, and I'm not supposed to have them. That's the big thing. I'm not supposed to have these pills at all. So guess what? They're gone. Like they're not there anymore. So the fact that Noah, for one second in his naivety, thinks after he's tried to blackmail him. Like, the only way this ever works for Noah is he takes the pills at the point where he's like that, you know, and, and fuck with me, I'm going to I'm gonna take this as insurance. You don't put them back in the drawer, then walk out the room and then expect Glenn, the guy who's clearly slightly unhinged and manipulative, anytime alone with said pills. Because guess what? He's going to fucking move them, Bo. Yeah. Well, so when Noah leads everybody in there, they end up finding a bottle of pills in there. Yes. With his name. For acid redux. Yeah, right. And he's like, I'm a slut for carbs, goddammit. Never met one of one go down on. <laughs> Which is a great line. Yeah. Which is a great line. Once again, Glenn, if you like if the show wasn't deliberately trying to make me think you're the worst character in history, I'm also like kinda like, I love your I love your ethos, man. Yeah. And of course Noah is like, you guys, he really had all these pills. And they're like, I don't know, man. Like, we've we've known Glenn a lot longer, and he seems like, you know, he's got his, his quirks, but he's been they, with us. He's been straight with us. They, 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 basically, they basically banish him to this room. It's two <laughs> yeah. steps away from what they do to Max von Sydow and Judge Dredd. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of Brimley, it's a real, like, we're going to put Brimley in the shack. And that's it. <laughs> Totally, it's, it's a total, it's a total thing moment. But basically, I know he, this move. God damn it, put him in there. So they, they leave him in the room though, and like Glenn is so smug about this because he's he's forced Noah to play his his only weapon uh, and nulled it now, and not of that got everyone not to trust him, including Noah's friend Picard. Even is like play the game number two. Um, you know, he's like literally, he's just like be a team player and just stay in here. Yeah, it, it, and he's right. like, come on, Peter, what the fuck? And he's like, oh yes, uh, you know, he's oh like, yes, totally lock, just... lock him in the room. I think that's a he, grand idea. He's like, he's really assigning himself closely to Kira. Which, yeah. uh, once again, I think is a smart fucking move. <laughs> like, she's the only one that really seems to have a good grip of... She's the first aider. We have ha- have heard but have not seen yet that she's taken women's defence classes, which that was a throwaway line there later on. I'm sure we're going to see it later on. Um, oh, no, she, like, no karate, do you? Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, I came up here with a bunch of idiots. I'm really happy I met you up here. <laughs> yeah, You're like, terrible. You're great. Plus, she is a natural leader, right? 
Like it's yeah. that, like Peter has made the smartest move, like basically siding with her. Um, also, she's a fairly rational thinker as well, uh, which is why she's like that. You know what? We're not saying it definitely was you, Noah, but you know what's the quickest way to 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 stop that being a conversation piece is to lock you in this room. If anyone dies and you're locked in this room, it ain't you. And I'm like that, Kira. That's fucking smart. Mm-hmm. You're using. You're using the logic of the movie Clue. <laughs> yeah, one plus one plus one plus one. Uh, <laughs> it's like literally like such a smart, smart thing to do. So Noah's trapped. Uh, Glenn's cock of the walk now. He's got yeah. what he wanted. He um, makes a little kissy face to to Noah totally does. as the door uh, closes. It. So then we cut over to Judith and Wren for a little bit of crazy person theater. Yeah, love this. And love it. It's her like looking into the mirror, and Ren comes into the room and is like, "Are you okay, Judith?" Yeah. And and she's like, "You know, <laughs> what you thinking about?" <laughs> Penny for your thoughts. <laughs> Beautiful. And anyway, so she she's like, "I thought this was supposed to be a safe space," and he's like, "Oh, it is. It is. Everything's going to be cool here. I'm not going to let anything happen to you." And then he kind of climbs onto the bed with her, and you're like, "Yeah, is." is this about to get gross in a couple of ways? Like, is she about to have ghost sex like yep. Ackroyd and Ghostbusters? <laughs> <laughs> Her eyes cross and she just rolls off the bed. And, <laughs> and, so, and so then we, we speaking of Kira, we cut over to her and she's like on the, on the porch getting firewood or some shit. And she sees the stranger coming up the mountain. Worst day in the world to be a stranger coming up the mountain. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, you imagine her like and like her moments before that is was cold out here, but got a spring in my step. La 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 la, la. <laughs> comes up the hill. Oh, wait one second, there appears to be people in that. Why are they chasing after me? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, dude. I have an irrational fear of just looking out my garage door and seeing someone run from the woods straight at me. Anyone running towards you is terrifying. Yeah." And just, you know, that kind of Dawn of the Dead remake sort of locked on just chasing you kind of thing. Oh, yeah. that's terrifying to me. Which is what you get, but it's like a pincer movement. So she sends Peter out one way, she goes the other way, and then they cut her off, tackle her to the ground, and it's revealed that... What what I love about this is for a second they thought this was the killer. Yeah. So the killer's just going to walk up in hiking gear. Just in the front door. Hi. Hi. Oh, shit. Yeah, and then take off around it. Uh, but yeah, they, they tackle her and br- drag her inside. Uh, her name is Megan. Yes. Megan, like, Megan is not long for this little boy. No, 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 no. Which uh, is also a link to Clue. Like, anyone that visited that mansion, like, in that movie, died pretty quick. So, yes. Aaron Martin, once again, revealing his influences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so they're asking her what she's doing up there. And she says, my friend Gail died Yeah, and I'm doing, we used to hike this trail. So I'm doing it in her honor. And we have Ren piping up in the back where yeah. he's like, I don't know. Maybe she makes some good points, everybody. <laughs> and then everybody, of course, just says nothing. Oh, I, lo- I love it. When Ren is just like, Hey everybody, let's hear her out. You know? Yeah. <laughs> But also, like, Rennie at this point is, I mean, she's she's gone. 
Yeah, oh, okay. like digging through her backpack looking for heroin or something, or a gun. she's like she's she's going through a backpack. She doesn't believe the story. Yeah, she didn't believe her for walking like out in winter at these temperatures. That doesn't believe her at all. Um, well, and Megan what, tries to stop her at a certain point, and Renee just knocks like, her the fuck out. Which is like doesn't even just like knock her out. Goes and picks up the heaviest ornament she can find, and she fucking whacks her right across the side of the face, giving her what we're later told is a concussion, a suspected concussion. And when uh, she does that, well, I mean, she does this, right? And she's like, oh, and everyone's looking at her going, Ray, what the fuck? And then this is where Kira finds the paperwork to prove that she couldn't have possibly been the killer because she only got her permit the day before, 50 kilometres away where she was camping, Oh, exactly what our story was, and Rainey's like story on this as well. There's two of them then. There's two of them working in tandem. Mm-hmm. Where's the <laughs> other one? Like, yeah, they're all like, you need to like we, you need to go. And I love this because like, this is where she's like, we'll tie our feet up. You know, we'll tie we'll tie our feet up and all the rest. And this is where Kira has had enough, and she it's a kicks her out. Yeah, get the fuck it's out a of mutiny here. Mutiny on the boat. And she literally literally takes over. She's like, you just need to get the fuck out of here and do it now. And Rainey's like. <gasps> I can't believe that the, the rudeness. <laughs> oh, also, uh, in clumsy exposition theater, mm-hmm. someone says, oh, let's turn on this space heater. And they're like, oh, we can't do that because if we do that, we'll all suffocate. Yeah, Chekhov's heater. Yes. Nice so, uh, we'll play a part later on in the show. A couple of things to remember from this episode. Yeah. Kira's got self-defense training. Ren's not a real boy. <laughs> Ren is not a real boy. <laughs> And uh, and that you will suffocate if you leave this indoor heater on. Yes. So <laughs> then we get back to what I really want to see from this episode, which is Noah in his room as Gene bangs on the door. And Gene is, is like, just fucking with him. Yeah, just <laughs> Noah. <laughs> and so he opens the, up the door, enters, and then we get a flashback. Yeah, where it's him in prison and he's sharing a cell with the guy that we saw from the first scene that with he was fucking, fucking with. with. With the guy he fucking traumatized. The guards thought it'd be a great idea to put him in the rape den. Mm. I mean, it's like... And, and then we get this, oh, it's your last day, isn't it? Oh, and I've been, yeah, been seeing you staring at that car long and hard for, for, for ages. Like, this is the time they have this conversation. Uh-huh. This conversation has never come up before until the very last minute of the last day of the Yeah, Tamarind Falls. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe I'll come visit you or something sometime. And he's yeah, like, we get, we get the yeah, Shawshank. It's the Shaw, it is the Shawshank thing. And what I love about this is later on they make reference to the Shawshank, which is kind of funny. Um, but it is the whole kind of, I'll meet you on the outside. Yeah. And you're left thinking in your naivety bo that they have formed a bond of friendship maybe even something more uh, yeah it's right it, it's a really like romantic moment of of like oh you're leaving well you know i'm really gonna miss you but i'm, I'm glad you're you're getting out and that kind of thing yeah and then we cut back to the present where Glenn is, is like locking the door behind him as he goes into Noah's room and he's kind of filling him in. Like, you're never going to believe this. This girl named Megan showed up and Renee hit her in the fucking head. Yeah. And 
and Noah for a second is like that, so they believe it wasn't me, and he's like, no, no, it wasn't her. <laughs> yeah. We know she's not the killer, so you're still screwed. <laughs> well, and Noah is, is like, I'm pretty sure you're the killer, you son of a yeah. bitch. And <laughs> and he's like, listen, I'm going to be level, I'm, I'm going to be on a level with you. Ain't yeah. nobody coming to get you, Noah. It's my goddamn castle. Mm-hmm. Now, I always thought you were kind of a funny boy, and that's why I let you coach for a little while, but you've been fucking with me. <laughs> And what you are is you're like one of them little yip yappy dogs, and you're mm-hmm. about to learn your fucking place, Noah. And Noah's like, I understand, sir. You don't have to do anything. And then in a very Bobby from Twin Peaks moment, Glenn hey. barks at him. Hey. Not not full Bobby. Hey. It's not a ar, yeah. Ar, ar, ar. yeah. It's hard to, And then he licks his cheek, licks the side of his face. And then kind of leaves saying, Lapper. <laughs> yeah, it's it's unsettling. Like, it, it really it's, makes a hard left turn for Glenn. Yeah, it's not like that. Like, it's not even just like that we can't necessarily have fun with this character as much as we did before. But the show takes a hard left turn at this point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, like it, this is a. Like, it's a slasher TV show, right? So there, there's going to be blood, right? There's going to be murder. What I don't expect to see is sexual abuse and rape. Yeah. Um, and lots of it in this episode. And yeah. Implied and then actual. Yes. And that's, that's the bit that... Once we said it before, like in the previous episode, just the handling of a homosexual character and the way the writing was constructed, the attitude, like all that stuff is just kind of uncomfortable to watch because it's not written with any degree of tact, civility or realism. And then we jump to this and it's the, it's the base level of, well, Glenn spent time inside, so it has to be a guy who's you know right. raped other men and I just don't I I just find it crass like really 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 crass and not in a kind of fun campy crass sort of way as in a this show came out only a couple of years ago and we're writing shit like this right it, yeah it feels like nobody ever saw the show Oz yes and it was like oh you can actually make these interesting and deep characters and maybe there is an element of this but it's also not just about that it's not it's not the easiest stereotype. Yeah, and it really, really isn't. But they make it look like it is. Oh, uh, um, it's just you know the worst. But all right, so we'll get put a pin in that. It gets worse. Yeah, it gets worse. So, <laughs> like it gets worse from here. So we have a scene between uh, Peter and Megan where he's like, "Look, I'm really sorry that she hit you in the head. That was. I want you to know that wasn't my idea at all." Mm-hmm. And uh, he's kind of filling her in about like, "Look, you came at kind of a weird time." <laughs> Um, there's been it's the end of fight club yeah <laughs> you, you you got to know me at a weird point in my life yeah, yeah. now i'm gonna blow up all these credit card buildings <laughs> uh, so, but he, yeah he's like you know you showed up at a very tense time everyone yeah. here is really on edge mostly because of all the horrible murders well, he's like that. He's like Rennie, like, the, the morning that you arrived, Rennie found her, her husband, her life partner, like, murdered. Uh, oh, by the way, like, not that I'm looking for sympathy, but 
my ex-girlfriend, I found her bled out in the snow. And then one of my dear friends, I found her eyeless. Um, and that was like yesterday as well. So it's a bit manic here. I'm not saying that what she did was right, because we all know <laughs> island solves nothing. However, things, things are have been it. moving very fast. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're still trying to catch up. <laughs> so, he's but like, he, look, he, I've got the, I've got a line on this girl here named Kira. She mm-hmm. seems okay. How about you get us the fuck out? Well, but yeah, basically, like, how well do you know these? You said you've been hiking for the last seven years along these trails. How well do you know them, and how far away? Is the road? Is there a direct route? And she's like, "That listen, it's fifty kilometers away. It's you know, and that's." And he's like, "Well, can we do it?" He's like, "If tomorrow at sunrise, like conditions are ideal, which they're not supposed to be because snowstorm. Um, if they are, then yeah, maybe. Uh, but we'd probably have to get half the way in there, make camp for the night, and go." And Peter's like, "Right, fine, we'll look." It's good to know we're going to do that. And I'm like, okay, interesting. So maybe that's the reason Megan's there? Well, <laughs> not so not so fast, Duncan. Because otherwise, right, There's there are not many characters that know about this. Mm-hmm. And she's poisoned. Yes. Which makes me think that if I was the killer... See where I'm going with this, Bo? <laughs> uh, are you, like, I, I think this serves two masters, is my idea. Ah, right, right. You, ah, I see what you're saying, and I like it. Is so you that, think there's it, more than one killer? Uh, no, 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 no. I think there's only right. one killer, but I think this particular murder is done as a di- diversion as much as anything. Ah, uh, maybe. I just, uh, I had assumed that there was two killers. No, I think I this assumed, is a... I had assumed that this was a killing in the guise of, well, there's already a killer here. No, I I think this is a, like, oh, I need to push the blame onto somebody else. All right, got you. Got you, uh, got you. So, but we'll, all right, well, before we get to all that nonsense, let's get to this other nonsense. Where Noah, after checking in on his gross frostbitten toes, which happened <laughs> either yesterday or three weeks ago... Yeah, they're now melting, so yeah. they're now a kind of sludgy, pussy mess. It's but. it's liquefied. It's yeah, yeah. It, it's like somebody scanning his toes. Well, it looks like he puts on woolen socks and then he climbs out a fucking window into snowstorm. Right, he does a Danny Torrance right out the out the window, and then hustles to this RV that we had seen previously in the woods. Yeah, Glenn's RV. We knew it was Glenn's RV because when they said there was an RV parked out there, Glenn said it was his, but also yeah. said the battery went died basically as he was arriving at the camp. Yeah. So Noah uses a rock to bust the lock off of this thing. Yeah. And uh, before we get the reveal of what's inside the RV, we get another Which, flashback. by the way, you should have guessed right away. Well, especially, <laughs> yes. I think we, uh, this is like the Ren thing writ small. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> yes, of course we know what's going to be in this RV based mm-hmm. on the two scenes we've seen so far. But let's have a third one just to make sure that the dum-dums in the back row know yeah. what's coming. But mm-hmm. it's Gene, uh, G- not Gene. I keep calling him Gene for no good reason. Glenn rolling yeah. up on this RV out in the middle of nowhere and... Uh, his buddy from prison 
is like slicing tomatoes and having himself like a delicious BLT or something. He's having the best life ever. Yeah. And Glenn rolls up and she's like, hey, guess what? God damn it. I'm on parole. And he's like, oh, great. As I talk and they're like, oh, nice. <laughs> I'm Yay. so glad. So, uh, so they have a, they have a, a, a lovely spaghetti dinner um, together. They have some beers. Glenn is like, well, fake Glenn is high on life. And he's like, so, uh, so what's your plans? Where are you going? And real Glenn. <laughs> yeah. Um, Soon, soon not to be with us, Glenn. Uh, based on that, you know, I'm going to join this kind of commune, and you know, it's a chance for me to reinvent myself, a fresh start, get away from things, eat healthy, give something back, just like try and be the person I want to be, mm-hmm. as opposed to the person I have been. And listen, I can drop you off anywhere you want within reason you know i'm not going to travel 100 miles in the opposite direction but i can drop you off anywhere you want man so you just let me know and and hey how about i come with you god damn it that sounds like which, a great time which is like the last thing real glenn wants to hear yeah and it's kind of like oh yay yay you're gonna Gr- come live great. in my commune yay all right so we cut away from that romantic moment where <laughs> Noah is now hard at work just turning over the RV to find incriminating information Mm -hmm. and opens up the freezer, takes some pictures, and then runs off. Well, it's not even even that he opens the freezer. His attention is directed to the freezer for the blood marks frozen into the RV up the side of the freezer. Well, sure. Uh, yeah, if you're not doing a good job of cleaning, you're going to get some blood streaks. So, yeah, uh, so, so, but Glenn just rolled up with this RV not that far away from the compound. Has been there for a couple of months with just a body in the freezer. Yeah, a bloody, a bloody freezer <laughs> with a body hidden inside. Yeah, he, he's a master criminal. This one. Uh, so. We don't even see the body yet, but like everybody who's ever seen a television show ever in the history of television knows what's in the freezer at this point. Yeah, well, when he opens the freezer, a big neon arrow points down and says, Real Glenn! Real Glenn! Yeah, and so as Noah runs away, this is slightly out of of order of the episode, but as he runs away, you see somebody grab him, you know? And we'll we'll get back to them in a minute. So um, let's cut to the dinner scene. Where Dawn is in the kitchen, and she's like, uh, oh my god, you guys, I'm going to make us some stew out of all this well, stuff I found in the cabinets. Wait, she's getting ready She's getting ready to cook, and who should show up? The hungriest man in the cabin. Uh, like, Stroganov shows up. Once again, like, trying to solidify that they've now got, uh, like, a friendship right. going on, they, which, once again, we have, we have to try and break straight away because this is slasher um and we can't have that um but yeah so they have this conversation she's like yeah i did some cooking when i was a camp counselor here i'm gonna make a soup and all the rest and we're now friends and that's awesome and and we spend a bit too much time on her making the soup which if you pay attention to anything at all this show does means it's going to come into play somewhere 
uh, and not in a mm, this soup's delicious scene. Uh, so, um, so, so yeah, she makes a, a white bean Tuscan soup apparently. Yeah, which is just beans and some mushrooms that she found. Yeah. And yeah, because well, she does. She, she goes to use some. She said, I was going to use these dried mushrooms, but they look a bit. Uh, uh, and then Mark gets all choked up as he remembers that our, our buddy Robin was he freegan, mm-hmm. which was a new term for me. I didn't know what a freegan was. Um, so that's a vegan that will only eat food that he can forage. Yeah, that's right. Fuck's sake, man. Yeah. Honestly. You know, it, whatever, whatever work, helps dude. you make sense of life. That's what I say. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. You know, like they, I know that uh, all the meatpacking plant stuff is just a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's got to be a way to do all that better. But yeah. I, I feel like let's fix that and not just go back to foraging that seems like a yeah, step well, backwards I, yeah i also here. also think that you know like if we all just did that no one would be employed <laughs> like, well, right. like, there are like, people that there are farmers that grow food and you know, pay people to pick the food so that food can be sold which can be organic and and you know and, and, and vegan friendly and all the rest and that that's the that it's not even just the food chain, that's the employment chain. And if everyone just became a freaking, we'd all fucking die, right? So see, I, I have a different sort of economy where I grow tomatoes and strawberries mm. for the squirrels and rabbits in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that exchange works. Clever little sons of bitches. <laughs> I can really go. Be not my strawberries. You know, I'm telling you, man, it happens. It's a real, uh, a real fight that I, I battle. Um, <laughs> I'm trying wires, and I don't know, man. These these squirrels, they're they're little furry gymnasts. <laughs> they're little little tiny Simone Bias. Just flipping into the the wire, grabbing strawberries and tomatoes, yeah. and flipping it right back out. I just love this idea of a kind of Mission Impossible esque squirrel being lowered down. Dun 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 dun! <laughs> it's yeah. like, right like that, and like a little bead of squirrel sweat falling off, and he's grabbing it, and he's he's little paw just to make yeah, sure yeah. it doesn't it doesn't trigger any sensors that Bo's got on the cage. <laughs> right, love it, love yeah. it. Just watching through the glass door, like this seems overcomplicated. I'll. <laughs> He squirrels, you're up to something. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we have our big dinner. See, where all our all remaining survivors are kind of sitting around eating this. Minus, yeah, soup. minus Noah, minus Glenn, and minus Rainy to begin with. Yes, which is why I think I think Rainy kills this woman. Uh, eh, I think we'll she poisons see. her. I think she poisons her, but I don't think Rainy's a killer. I think she does this under the guise. So uh, just right. letting you know, just letting you know. So okay, so I again, that still feels too clever for this show. But she's we'll not see. there. She's not there during the whole scene, and then all of a sudden she comes down. Yeah, but you know who is sitting around the table? Ren. <laughs> yeah, Ren's there. Uh, anyway, uh, so, no yeah. one's talking to him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's so rude. He's and, like, someone going to pass the bread? Anyone pass the bread? I'd like, I like some salt and pepper, please. Anyone, <laughs> Judith. Will you, will you tell, will you tell them? Apparently, we're in a fight, and they're not talking to me right now. So, will you tell Renee, please, to pass the salt and pepper, Renee, <laughs> please, 
Pacipes. <laughs> Peter. We peace. Pass the peace. Peter. Anyway. Um, where were we? Oh, yeah. So uh, Renee is like, Megan, I am really, really sorry about conking you in the head. With, with, <laughs> uh, trying to murder you earlier on. Right, with um, furniture. And <laughs> Renee's like, hey, where are Noah? And uh, where's Noah? And, and Peter's like, you know, I don't know. I'll go with see and see if Noah and Jean want some dinner. Yeah. And I was like, man, the politics going on at this dinner table right now is exceedingly complicated. Yes, very, very, very. Like, let's just make it easy. There's like, there are bigger things happening here, like a murderer on the loose, killing people. Let's yeah. maybe put all this shit to bed. <laughs> right. Like, Mark Stroganoff should say something here. Mm-hmm. And but sure enough, Peter goes upstairs and he opens uh, the door to the the room that Noah. Uh, well, he, he first he first he first opens the door for Glenn's room, and Glenn's not there, and then right. goes to Glenn's room, which was locked, and opens the door, and there's an open window, and Noah's not there. Right, and he's like, "Oh my goodness, he's gone out the window like Danny Torrance," and yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, "Look, I'm gonna go find him. I know I have no experience out here." In the, well, this in is the Kira. Place. Kira's like that. He told me that that's that's not a good idea. And so yeah, it's going to be fine. I'll just take the gun. Don, give me the gun, please. Right. Um, <laughs> and finally, Kira is like, just I'll I'll tell you what. I'm coming with you, so you don't kill yourself. You dumb dumb. And Smart like, move. That does sound nice. Smart move. Once yeah. again, these might be our final two characters. So the the go out, and uh, everyone's enjoying their soup. Uh huh. Um, but it's bedtime, bro. Right. And meanwhile, we have to switch over to what I'm going to call the fuck truck, which is an abandoned school bus. Um, oh, wait. Before that, there's a flashback. Oh, there's one more flashback. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We get the where? final flashback, which if uh, it really, really like fills in all the blanks of Glenn's character that we didn't get from the rest of this episode. Yeah, and just briefly, what it is, is it's Glenn saying... You know, like, I'm real excited about going to this commune with you. How You know, we, we got time together now. And his buddy, the actual Glenn. Real being, Glenn, yeah. yeah. Being like, man, when I left prison, one of the happiest things about that, other than not being in prison, was knowing I was never going to see you again. Yeah. And now all I do is see you. Mm-hmm. And, and Glenn's like, oh, come on now. How about a little kiss? How about a little kiss and then we can make up? And he, you know, kind of shoves him away. He's like, no, you know, like, I'd never want to see you again. And then uh, the fake Glenn loses his shit and just beats him to death. Yeah. And and so when we then get back to Noah and Glenn, he's in the fuck bus where there's just like a a, a fire lit. And Noah in the middle of the bus. In the middle of the bus during a snowstorm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Glenn is like, "Noah, you remember when I said very distinctly, how about you don't fuck with me, and yeah. then you fucked with me?'" Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, <laughs> poor Noah is like, "Uh, yes, sir. How about I promise <laughs> never to do it again?" And he's but like, it- "Well, here's a problem, goddammit. You left me with no choice. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna have to take care of you." Yeah. He's, but he says to like, because Noah's got like, tape over his mouth, 
And he goes across to him and he's like that, listen, if I take the tape off, do you promise you won't scream? You won't make a noise? Yeah, and he's like, mm, mm, like nodding his head. And he takes the tape off and Noah, of course, straight away, yeah. once again, proven like to Glenn that he can't be trusted for anything. Although Glenn knew it was going to come, starts screaming to which oh, they do this in movies. It's something that really gets under my skin and and horror just in general. See the idea of someone belittling your your agony or your pain mm-hmm. is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, actually, it's more terrifying than most of the stuff that happens in horror movies. But the fact he's like, no one can hear you. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> he does the he does the getting stabbed in the shoulder scream. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's like, it's like no one can hear you. It's fine. You can do that. But what I'm going to do anyway is I'm going to put this. <laughs> I'm going to put this. <laughs> he put, puts the tape back in his mouth because he's going to need that for later. Uh-huh. Um, so puts the tape back in his mouth. But yeah, like he's basically said, listen, there ain't no way you're ever getting out of this truck now because <laughs> you, you know something that you're not supposed to. Yeah. So, all right, a couple of things are, are happening kind of in tandem here. Yes. There's this this business happening, the, the fuck bus. Yeah. Then we go back to bedtime at the house where Megan starts acting all twitchy. Well, yeah, like Dawn's, Dawn is going to take her to bed. She mm-hmm. doesn't want to go to bed, uh, but Dawn's going to take her upstairs to bed. Right. And, and then she's, and she's like, oh, my God, look at all the stars. M-O-O-N, that spells stars. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the thing is, at first I thought this was the, the concussion that she got. Because, right. Like, like having an impact on her. And I thought, oh, fuck, like, that must have been a harder hit. In fact, it wasn't even evident to me that she'd been poisoned. Spoiler. Yeah, until one of the other characters was like, "Oh my god, she was poisoned." I was like, "Really?" I yeah, thought she I, just, me, you know, concussion. I right, just thought it was a bad a concussion, brain injury or something. Yeah, yeah, like because she she does a little freak out thing, and then she falls backwards, smacking her head like like off the side of like a, a windowsill or something. <laughs> yeah, the right window get you, the left one will. <laughs> she's and she's out, and um, yeah, like they they now have another dead body on their hands and what i'm looking at what i love about this scene is i'm looking at rennie going that are you fucking happy now and they're all looking at don going what did you do here yeah well because she prepared right uh, because she prepared the food and uh so while they're strong enough kind of this is where their little civil partnership dissolves because they're like listen i couldn't have done it i'm gonna look Mark was with me while I was making all that food. And Mark saw that. Well, actually, I wasn't with you the whole time. There was a period of time there when you were serving up that I wasn't there. Yeah. Just and being Don's real like, with you, Don. <laughs> like, Just... Don's like, oh, for fuck's sake. And I'm with yeah. Don on this one again. And they're like, mm. And then they fish into the soup. Because no one's cleaned anything. Uh, the bowls are just all lying out because mm-hmm. it's, like, it's half eaten and all the rest. Which is convenient because this poisonous berry has been put in leaves and all. Mm-hmm. into this thing so i imagine if megan had been a bit hungrier and ate a bit more she would have come across this and everyone at the table would have realized she'd been fucking poisoned but this show is convenient yeah, if, if only she were a member of the clean plate club duncan yeah <laughs> in my house she didn't leave the table until your plate was clear oh so, see um, that's a good way to form an eating disorder uh, yeah um, literally how i was fat as fuck as a kid um <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so but she like, dies puking, which is, you know, the fate of us all, really. 
Uh, she, she dies puking, which is the fate of a character that was poorly written, illy constructed, and not really meant for this episode. Yeah. But we pull the we, we pull it. She is basically as uh, she's a red herring death in this. It's like like you say, regardless, either way, it doesn't point anywhere towards the killer except add more kind of levels of distrust amongst the gang, which I imagine is probably the killer's goal. But they, they pull this out and they're like, ah, you would know that these were poisonous berries. Everyone seems to know there were poisonous berries, by the way, at the table, which to me is an indicator that anyone could be the killer. Like but Judith, they, yes. Yeah, like they pull these poisonous berries out and they're all like, oh, like all, all, the, all the, the older people are all like, oh, you, you never eat from those berries. And Don's like, what the fuck? And they're like, well, you were a camp counselor here. Surely you knew that if you were preparing the food. And I was thinking, but she probably didn't forage yeah. for food if she was a camp counselor. It was probably like supplies, which they brought up. And they weren't going like al fresco and off the fucking menu. So Yeah, you know why I didn't know that these berries were poisonous? Because I was eating canned beans in the mess hall. Yeah, I wasn't cooking like stuff from from scratch. It was yeah. all stuff from tins. So, but anyway, anyway, I was like, there to fuck some of the other camp counselors and have a good <laughs> summer. I wasn't here to yeah. learn what's poisonous and what's not poison. Crush a girl's face. I mean, that was as rowdy as things got. But um, you know, like, but literally, yeah. like, they all turn on her, and she's like, "Listen, I didn't do it." Um, and that's kind of where we leave that scene. Yeah, so th- just to catch up with, with Kira and Peter, they find the RV and open. the subsequent freezer, which yeah. has uh, the real Glenn's body in it yep. that, that we finally see. And then we get yet another flashback we absolutely don't need. But they do this, they do this in every episode. Like, we always get the additional one extra... F- flashback that we don't fucking need like remember like with like, with ali it was um like the end of her well, ali and um susan uh, it was the susan. one day, like oh well i'll never see you again okay if you see me on the street don't say anything just, okay. just don't speak to me okay let's have that as a flashback that does fuck all um you know it's, yeah, we it's, get it's this, important like, that we nail down the relationship between two characters who are gonna die in back-to-back episodes and don't matter this, at all to the story this is literally this is the thing that drove me up the wall with um that last rob zombie movie three from hell where and the first half of that movie where they're showing essentially Sherry Moon Zombie escaping, um, they do a whole sequence. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. It's terrible, Bo. But they do. There's a half an hour sequence. And what I want to do is I'll, one day I'll just take this half an hour scene out of context and just do a commentary over the top of it to explain this is why you should never make cinema again, Rob Zombie. But um, it is literally... She's like, they show her at the house torturing the cop and then do a flashback to her in prison. Then the flash forward is her driving up to the house before she's killed the people in the house. So it's like, like it's a flashback to seconds before the flashback that we had. And then you get another flashback to her stealing the car. And I'm like that. The question that never came into my mind when she pulled up in the car was, "How did you get that car?" Like, you know, but this is literally what they're doing here. They're they're showing Glenn arrive at the camp and him being welcomed in. One, I know he made it to the camp because he's a character there. Two, I know he was accepted because he's in the fucking camp. So three, I don't need this fucking flashback. Yeah, and and the whole thing is him showing up at the Borg. And being like, hey, I would like to be part of your community. My name I is I would love Glenn. to be assimilated. <laughs> yeah. And 
And they're like, uh, yeah, all right, come in for a big hug here. He's like, God, have a great. Yeah, I want like, you. Do, do you know what my resistance level is, Bo? It's futile. Um, so <laughs> I'm not going to resist at all. I, I really want my own charging pod. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he, he hams up and he, he's kind of he's rhetoric to be accepted by the group, which. We knew that we knew he was accepted. We don't need the scene yeah, of them accepting also, that he's Glenn because the entire show has told us that they have accepted that he is Glenn. But I also don't understand why he's a cat. He's been there for a couple of months and not pulled any weird shit. Because I, I the mean, first oppor- the first opportunity that's come across from it to pull weird shit, he's went to the extreme. Yes. Well, again, you know because, what I mean. It's, yeah. it's, it's like he's he's not just like he's, I could understand well, I'm fucking with. Noah a little bit and using the mind games but he's went from mind games right to this next scene <laughs> alright so let's get to which it. is this only is... going to end one way Yeah, like, Noah is like ultimately in Glenn's mind once he does what he's about to do to Glenn uh, to Noah, Noah's gone yeah you've got to kill him and I think that's yeah. the thing is uh, like I think he knows he's got to kill Noah from the point he realizes that Noah found the freezer and yeah. so this is all just like I'm going to, but like, but like, he was face looking earlier on. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like it's such big jumps with his yeah. character. Right. This level of sadism is like, yeah. is that why he went to jail? Was he a sexual sadist? And because can you can that's... you just turn can you just turn that off in a commune for four months, five months, however long he's been there? Hey. Can you just switch that off completely? Hey, and rule worked right next to Ted Bundy. Never knew. Yeah, mm. but yeah, these are real. <laughs> yeah, but Ted, Ted Bundy, and... Ted Bundy had a, like, a, like he wasn't in there with Andrew Law all the time. You know what I mean? Like, That's, he's out yeah, there murdering right. though. Like Glenn is there all the time, twenty four seven, and maybe his maybe his way of getting these sexual depravity out is eating meat. Question mark. Here's a slut for carbs. Um, Here's a slut for carbs. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's such a how many calories like, are in ass? Yeah. <laughs> Because that's what he's balls deep in in this last yeah. scene, Duncan. Yeah, well, that's, well it's, they're empty calories, Bo, until you filled them. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like, but yeah, like, uh, to me, you know what I mean? It's uh, Once again, it's me trying to question, like, the three-dimensional value of a character, which is clearly a two-dimensional character. Yeah. But it's it, it does, it, it kind of, it frustrates me because it's like everything, every, there is no... There's no subtlety, there's no nuance, it's all loud into the extreme with every character. And that's just not how you write characters. Right, everything is, you know, Derek said in chat, like, this is just a giant soap opera with the same level of detail. But I would argue soap operas have more detailed characters because at least they sort they of grow arcs. and change and evolve yeah. they, and they, they have they have arcs that usually yeah. result in either character change or character death and what i've seen in here is there is no change like no one is no one has learned anything and <laughs> peter learned he should stick with kira well uh, yeah i mean but, there, there right. is that so but you, you could argue that he's not changed as a character because no. his like he he's He's clearly attracted to Kira, mm-hmm. and he's you know so he's just macking out another woman, which is basically his. That's been his story arc since the start, as he's unable to to not be a flirt. <laughs> so they go in the final scene. We're we're on Ugh. the bus with Noah and Glenn. Yeah, and Glenn is like, you know what, Noah, we're gonna play a game. 
Yeah. And I call this game, how loud can I make you scream? God damn it. Yeah. This game is called Toad in the Hole. (laughs) Toad in the Hole. And so it it is just a straight up, I'm going to yank down his pants and fuck him. I, that was, I think that was the thing that really caught me. I was, yeah, I was gobsmacked by it. I was like, I yeah. can't believe we're going this far. Yeah, because he, he first he removes the, he removes the like the the thing from him, and Noah doesn't give him the scream that he wants, which adds to the sexual sadist limit because mm-hmm. clearly that's how he gets his nut right. But then he whips down his trousers, which we see. So we see bare ass, and then we see him take off his belt uh-huh. to tie around his waist. One would presume so he has something to hold Some on to. Yeah, yeah, it's like a saddle, yeah. And then we then see him take down the zip and put his hand in his pants. So once again, and the camera isn't like, I mean, I, we don't I see cock sworn or I penetration. Tip. We may have, we may have seen, we may have seen pisslet. That's uh, like, and. But then we we see him essentially th- make his first thrust in there, and Noah screams, and that is where we finish the episode out. Yeah. And well done, slasher. Well done. I mean, is is it a new low? I can't think it. Yeah, of course it is. Of course I, I, it I, is. I couldn't because once again, is this what is the purpose of this scene? Is the purpose of this scene to make Glenn? such a reprehensible character that when he dies in the next episode, which he's going to die in the 100%, next episode. Yes, he will be dead. And, and the, I, I, it's a little bit of red herring of like, Oh, if Glenn's capable of this, maybe he killed all those campers or something. Possibly. Maybe. Right? So maybe so, Glenn's going to be gone in the next one. Is this to make Noah a sympathetic character? Cause that's what it's, that's what it's trying to do. Yeah. I mean, but why are we making Noah a sympathetic character when, any previous like in the previous episode, two of his like co-characters, both Don and Peter, so like two episodes ago when they both went into the rooms and left him out there, all but basically said it was his fault. But they do that a lot in this show, so and they basically said to him it was your fault. So he's but we're gonna get a reveal with him that he did something that we haven't had yet. Yeah, and it's, of I think it's gonna be a bad thing, right? Um, but once again, why are you setting up as a a character that I now feel a huge degree of sympathy for because he's fruits fucked. Um, he's just been raped on TV and he really is the punching bag for almost every character in this show. Um, for, for what purpose? But then on top of that as well, it's two portrayals of, well, it's got three homosexual characters, but it's two portrayals of homosexual characters have been murderers. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I like, I'm just like, is this 1980? Right. Is this literally, is this literally what we're doing? Because it's fucking horrific. Yeah, it, it's incredibly reductive and yeah. it's insult. Like I said, I think this episode is insulting on numbers of levels. Well, I also think that, like I've said before, I think Rennie, which is the third gay character, I think it's going to be revealed that she murdered the other character, which means that all three gay characters are murderers. I genuinely think she killed her. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I not just, a, I just can't, yeah, I just I, can't see how, like, the planning that 
would come out where you know Judith would do that. It, to me, kind of. Although, like, I don't know. I, I, if, if, if I'm proved wrong, I'm proved wrong. But I, I genuinely think Rainy killed her. Well, we shall see. Sir. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully we won't have to wait long. Yeah, um, well, knowing this show, holy four shit. episodes. <laughs> uh, I mean, but hey, this is that we are over the hump. That yep. we're on the back nine of this season. Uh, I, I, I kind of look forward to how batshit it's gonna get before they start revealing this stuff. I swear to God, Duncan, if they don't reveal the Ren thing in the next episode, this may be the best worst thing I've ever seen. I, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm doubling down that they don't. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> so, they will. I don't think they will. And I think they're trying to give you so much nonsense with other characters that you don't have time to question it, fully not understanding and that we've been questioning it since episode two. <laughs> right, until it was painfully aware or painfully yeah. obvious that 10 was... minutes in episode two where i was like that well, he's not real <laughs> uh speaking of not being real duncan yes uh as we wrap things up why don't you tell people where they can uh find more of you between now and two weeks from now when we start that back nine of uh season two you can check me out on podcasts under the stairs. Everything can be found at tputzcast. That's T-P-U-T-S-C-A-S-T dot com. You get podcasts under the stairs. Opera Omnia, which Bo is doing with me. We'll have an upcoming episode uh, covering Zodiac, which we both said before we even started looking at Fincher, is likely to be your favourite. <laughs> so um, I'll be fucking shocked if it isn't by the end but yeah we get to talk about that one but where to begin with doing the nasty chronicle all that stuff's over there on podcast under the stairs in the next week or so or in the interim between these shows um the russian roulette franchise retro will be continuing with i still know what you did last summer where they go to a tropical island and jack black is a horrendous racial stereotype yikes yeah um oh my god <laughs> things do not age well i swear um so yeah you get a bit of that um what else oh there's loads coming and plus there's a ton of recording in the background with summer series which bo's involved with as well so and we are not that far away from the first episode of that dropping uh so yeah like tons of cool content over there so please check it out he didn't draw any of the Richards did never draw drew any of the posters. I drew those posters. <laughs> oh, don't get so good. Anyway, uh, if you want to hear more out of me, um, you can head over to legionpodcasts.com where you can find uh, shows like Pick Six Movies. We are in the the midst of season 16 of that show. Uh, in which we look at movies based around a theme. This season, uh, the theme is It's Like Jaws, uh, in which we have covered movies that are like Jaws. And uh, most recently, we uh, we did The Swarm, and we just recorded the episode on Anaconda, which will be dropping uh, on Friday. Uh, you can check out Hero Hero Go Show, where, where we are wrapping up a series uh, with Derek, who was uh, in the chat with us, uh on a uh on the one miss call series so we are uh we finished watching all the television series which was a lot of fun and now we're doing one miss call final before we do a couple of one-offs and then we've got a uh, another series starting like late july early august nice and uh also 
Duncan, aside from this show, here's a brand new thing uh, that if you sub- uh, subscribe to Legion Podcast, the the big feed, um, we're going to be doing a monthly show, me and one, uh, Jamie J. Sammons. Nice. Uh, just called What You Watching. And the idea is that I'm going to ask her, hey, Jamie, what you watching? And then I'm going to cut her off after an hour. <laughs> And then I, I will quietly quietly listen. <laughs> so that is the only rule of the show is that it is exactly one hour long. I, I love the idea of if she's like in the last minute of that hour, you start playing the, the Oscar acceptance music where they have to try and get them off the stage. It's it, like if it's middle of the word, I don't care. It's going to be this thing is an hour. So the, uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if we can wrap it up in a reasonable time, or mm-hmm. if it is just in the middle of something she said. Like that's that's where the episode ends. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I'm really here's the thing I'm excited about doing with that show uh, is <laughs> not editing. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> the thing I'm excited about doing for that show is because you know like jamie and i've known each other forever and we've done Mm -hmm. podcasting forever and that kind of thing so ostensibly it's a show where we're going to talk about movies that we've been watching in reality it's going to be a show about just dumb shit that we talk about yeah so those are those are the best ones like we were talking interestingly enough we were talking about you yesterday during uh, the 2012 episode Um, i hope that made it to air uh, <laughs> where basically what I said was, I'll, like, because we got to talk about the Batable, um, which is a 2012 movie. And, and I understand uh, why I would come up. I am such an enormous fan of that movie. Well, what I'd said is the way I found out about that movie is because I heard you talking about it, and that's what prompted me in 2013 um, to check it out, because that's when it became widely available for everyone to see it. Um, and what I said was that off the back of... So 2013 was the year we first started talking. It was the year that Podcast Under the Stairs started. But at the end of 2013, um, I did my end of year show and you came on to review the battery on that episode. And off the back of us properly having a chance to, to do a review together on that episode, that was just, I think it was a month or two after that, you proposed the idea of Duncan and Bo come mm-hmm. correct to me. So that movie always holds a special place, not only being fucking great movie in its own right but as the movie that we got to chat to as the catalyst which would ultimately be what people are hearing now so old friend <laughs> uh, yeah, who it, can say <laughs> so and let me say this uh i'm i'm a i'm an awful damn liar duncan Ooh. and let me tell you why um oh, i i have in my so. possession i've been saying for a couple of weeks now like, oh, I've got all those early episodes finally of Duncan and Bo Come Correct, mm-hmm. and I'll get those posted, and I have not done that yet. I All of those things are still true. I just haven't done the posting yet because I had a real busy work week and that kind of thing. So in the week ahead, I will be getting all of those posted up. And uh, so if you want to go back, speaking of the, the old days, if you want to go back and hear the first four episodes, the previously oh. unavailable, <laughs> uh, of Duncan and Bo Come Correct from, you know, yeah. almost a decade ago, then uh, yeah. those those, those episodes are as raw as Glenn entered 
Noah at the end of episode four. And with that, <laughs> the only thing left to say is uh, from a good friend, Duncan, to say goodnight, Duncan. <laughs> goodnight, Duncan. Ah! <laughs>